Welcome to the Sons of Technology Clubhouse. Ditch your fear at the door, take a risk, and enjoy the ride with your hosts, Joe Marquez and Kyle Anderson. Welcome, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us again for another episode of the podcast by the Sons of Technology. We are ringing in the new year, 2020, strong and to the point. We are so happy that you are joining us today. My name is Joe Marquez. I'm an educator out of the Central Valley of California. And if you are on the Twitterverse, we would love for you to follow me at Joe Marquez 70. And my partner in innovation and, you know, my steadfast learner, my steadfast confidant and, and uh, a member of the EdTech Army, Kyle. Kyle, please introduce yourself. As always, Kyle Anderson, special education educator out of Reno, Carson City area in beautiful northern Nevada. Relatively warm, beautiful northern Nevada right now. It uh, doesn't feel like winter at all. The mountains are snow-capped around me, but uh, it's been in the 50s, almost 60s some of these days lately. It's been really strange. Uh, but you can follow me on Twitter, at Anderson EdTech, and then my blog, AndersonEdTech.net, and then I also have my other podcast. I would love for you to give my friend Ben Dixon and I a listen on the other one, the Beer EDU podcast, where we are two educators that have two great passions, education and beer, and we'd love to bring guests on to talk about both of those things, and we have a great time doing it. And, and Kyle, you have you have a big year here um, coming up here. You have a, a book coming out, right? Would you, would you like to let the listeners know the name of that book and when that book is uh, expected to hit the, uh, the digital and physical shelves for us to take a look at? Well, right now, um, I, I don't have a title yet that I'm willing to release just yet because my book is now, it is with the editor right now. I've been getting back a handful of things uh, from my editor right now and getting some different feedback on that. Um, so I just, I want to write, the working title is To the Edge, Successes and Failures to Risk-Taking. Um, that's what I'm hoping it's going to be. I'm 98% sure it's what it's going to be, but I don't want to say that's the final cut just yet. And I do not have a release date yet, but I'm shooting hopefully for sometime in mid-March, uh, right around the time of that Q conference in Palm Springs. I'm hoping that it's released around that time. Uh, very well could be, but... Um, who knows? Uh, it just depends on how long the editing process takes, and uh, we'll definitely go from there with that. So, yes, I'm definitely looking forward to that coming out here in 2020. If you are still playing with the title, Kyle, might I recommend something along the lines of how Joe Marquez changed my life and other tidbits I have learned along the way? That'll be the sequel. <laughs> That's going to be the sequel. And I actually already have in mind an idea for not necessarily a sequel to the book, but something very similar to where I bring in other people to kind of uh, write their own little uh, memoirs about risk-taking and stuff and, and, and putting that together. So um, I haven't discussed that with the publisher. So uh, Sarah Thomas, if you're hearing this, that that's my idea for the next one once this one comes out. But I can't get started on that one until I finish up with this one anyway. You know, Kyle, the, the the working title that you have, I think it sounds absolutely great because it really fits along the line of what we here in the Sons of Technology Clubhouse really hold near and dear to our heart. And that's taking risks because we know that when we don't take risks, we're not taking chances and when we're not taking chances. We're not growing as educators. So I, the working title that you have, I think, is amazing. And I, I think I think it 
it works. So if, 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 you know, if that's something that's kind of ringing your bell, to me, I think that's a phenomenal title. I don't know, listeners, if you think that title is great, please chime in, um, you know, tag, tag Kyle on Twitter, tag Sons of Tech EDU on Twitter, and let them know if that's a great title, because I really think that's a really good title. Well, and that's the one I, I came up with when I started writing it, and um, like I said, I, I'm 98% sure that's going to be. I had another title that had something to do with uh, going all in, um, I didn't want to make it sound like, a, you know, a Vegas theme, you know, even though I lived in Vegas for 13 years. <laughs> but um, when I was kind of pitching that idea to the publisher, there was another um, set of authors that had a book that their working title already had something to do with going all in. And actually, that book just got released. Uh, Kristen Nahn and JC, um, I always uh, get her name wrong, Matuzik or something. Along those lines, I, I totally, I'm probably sure I mispronounced that, but they just released their book, um, uh, Going All In, Taking a Gamble on Education, available now through Edumatch Books. So if you're looking for something to read, I have not read the book yet, but I can't imagine it being bad. So um, I recommend taking a look at that one. Well, that's great. You know, and, and, you know, I really love this renaissance that we are having where educators are realizing that their voice matters and that there are publishers out there willing to take a risk on them to showcase their voice. Uh, whether it's the Burgess Publishing, um, Edumatch Publishing, uh, I, I just want to, you know, just let, let, let any of those publishers know that we are really appreciative as educators to be able to see that because um, being able to read the words of somebody, another educator who is, who is, you know, boots on the ground, in the field, doing something every single day to change the lives of kids, and that they're just writing the book to really inspire and help other educators and, and, and to know that it's like this grassroots thing. Um, I think it's really empowering um, because, you know, in the past, if you wanted to have a book, you either self-published and it barely got out or you had to go with some of these giant publishers who are like, who are you, just a teacher? Well, I'm not going to publish your book. So I just really appreciate that there are publishers out there willing to take risks on educators for education to really further their voice and to really um, showcase uh, what we tell kids every day. Your voice matters. Your opinion matters. You deserve a chance to showcase your voice in class. And educators deserve to showcase their voice to the rest of education. So um, kudos to you, uh, to you, uh, the publishers out there willing to take those risks. And, and we really appreciate it as educators because um, we, we always say uh, on this show that uh, if we wait for others to tell people how education is, um, we're not really dictating what education truly is. Uh, because we're letting others kind of mold that format. So being able for educators to really tell people how it is in the classroom and what they've tried and what they've done, I think can really empower the world to understand the trials and tribulations that educators go through on a daily basis. So kudos to you, Kyle, for writing that book and taking the risk to showcase that. And kudos to the publishers for allowing us as teachers to have that voice. Um, and, 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 and Kyle, you know, I've known you for quite a while, and 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 uh, I I look up to you not only physically because you are a, a really tall individual, uh, but but I look up to you for being able to uh, grab a hold of an idea and run with it um, in, instead of sitting on it. And 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 for myself, uh, I, I I tend to do that, right? I, I tend to have oh I have all these ideas, and then I convince myself they're they're not worth the time, or I'll do them later, and I push them off and. So, you know, kudos to you for having the idea and fulfilling it. Um, that's going to be something that I'm going to really work hard towards this year 
um, on on following through with things that I have in my mind, whether they work out or not. So I uh, just want to let you know, starting up the year, Kyle, I look up to you that you actually accomplished the goal that you set out last year. Uh, so congratulations. Um, speaking of which, Kyle, we haven't talked to each other since the holiday season. How how was your holiday? Was um you know how was the family? How was how was the time off? How was your New Year's? Yeah, it was uh it was good. I you know I I did a little bit of work related things. You know I I wrote a blog post and uh you know we recorded uh, our episode our last episode of this podcast and then my partner Ben and I on Beer Edu we we put out a call to some of our uh, folks that had signed up to be a guest on the show. We had a list of about 10 and I expected maybe one or two of them to respond. And we had seven response. So Ben and I recorded seven episodes of the beer EDU over that time. And um, I even commented to him what we were getting is like episode six or seven. We were recording. I said to him beforehand, I go, I go, this is starting to feel like work because we were just doing it over and over again. And uh, if you've never listened to that show, uh, ben and I, we riff a little bit about uh, beers we're drinking, then we have a guest come on, and that conversation is usually about 45 minutes, and then we do a segment at the end called Learn About Beer, where we take um, some sort of style or you know event in beer history or whatever, and kind of uh, do like a little brief overview of that. And doing all the research on that, it, it was fun, but then you know after recording six, seven episodes over the span of like four or five days. It, it did. It started to feel like work. And then New Year's, um, I actually made it till midnight. Um, something I can't say I've done every year in the last few years, but I went over to my sister's house and uh, we played some card games and uh, watched the ball drop on, well, three hours later because uh, here on the West Coast, we're three hours behind New York. And uh, so it was a nice little, the quote unquote tape delay of the ball drop. And then Last few days, I've been back home and just kind of reorganizing some stuff. And uh, here we are on Sunday, the day before I go back to work, and just relaxing, knocking this episode out, and uh, looking forward to getting back into the grind of the routine once again. Yeah, and it, speaking of which, Kyle, you know, that is our theme of today's episode, right? You you do. I mean, you, you, you had, what, two or three weeks off? Uh, from, I had two uh, weeks people. off. I do know that there are some districts out there that get three weeks off. Uh, but yes, I had two weeks off. And uh, it's it was you and I were kind of riffing before we started recording and how sometimes when we're at work, th- those two weeks, depending on what's going on, can kind of feel like an eternity. Whereas two weeks when you're not doing anything really or you don't have to set an alarm, those two weeks can go by you know, relatively quickly, whatever. But again, it's not that I don't want to go back. It's that I just feel like that two weeks went by really quickly, but I am feeling refreshed, re-energized, and really ready to get back to that grind at this point. And that's good, Kyle. That, I mean, that, that, that uh, mindset is incredibly powerful because, you know, there, there are, there, there are two sets of ways people come back into, um, into school after this break. Right. Especially uh, three weeks off, two weeks off. Uh, there's two ways. One, I hear teachers go, all right, we're halfway through the year. We're almost done. Right. You say, let's just get over that. We got over the hump. We're going to go to the end. And then you have other teachers go, we're halfway done. All right. I have a chance to make a difference in these kids lives the rest of the way. And, and in my perspective uh, when I was in the classroom was always that. It was not, we're halfway there. Sometimes it was like, oh man, I only get 
this much amount of time left with these amazing students. What can I do to make it impactful until the very last day? Um, number one, I, I know how you are, so I really don't even have to ask you that question. But do you, do you see that um, on your campus or in your musings or talkings with other educators that you, you see those two different mindsets? And if so, which one do you see more uh, prevalent uh, in those conversations? I, you definitely see both of those. Um, I would tend to see the one the ones that are going, oh, we're halfway there, that are kind of doing the countdown down already. These are typically the teachers that have been around for quite a while. You know, the 20 plus year educator where that you almost wonder if there's like a countdown to retirement at that point as well. So, which I'm not one to judge anybody on that. Uh, but there's definitely the others though, too, that they have that real positive outlook as well about now I have this chance. I got a few more months to where I can really make a difference. And then I have a unique situation for myself this year is that for the first time in my career, 15 years, I am teaching a class that actually was only one semester. So I had two sections of an economics class in the fall where I don't have those students when I go back tomorrow anymore because now they're switching over to take U.S. government. So now students that took government last semester, I'm going to have them starting tomorrow brand new. So I got two brand new classes starting up tomorrow. And then the rest of my classes, my four sections of world history, or excuse me, three sections of world history, those ones, it's going to be the same students for the most part. There's a there's a handful of kids I know that had some schedule changes and a couple that I know that were moving over the holiday break, so they won't be there anymore. But uh, for the most part, those students are going to be the same. So really, you know, getting things going once again, especially because I've got the brand new classes that I haven't met yet, the first thing I want to do is is reintroduce the expectations that I have with my co-teachers with those classes, like what we expect and how things are going to operate. For those brand new classes, they're they're getting to know it for the first time. For the classes we've already had, there's going to be a handful of kids in that class that are new to the class, but most of them, they already know the deal, but it doesn't hurt to go back and rehash those expectations and really get started on a strong foot uh, for the new semester. And, you know, and, and I, I'm glad to hear that it's an it's a new semester right after this break because uh, for the majority of my teaching career, um, I still had like three weeks left of a semester to uh, finish up after break and and for me um, it was basically sometimes it felt like uh, the last three weeks before the finals or the last two weeks before that week of finals was me trying to reteach everything I taught the previous three months to get them caught back up um, to be able to act successfully take the test. Um, because I, you know, I, I never gave any like over the break homework. And for me, it was all about family. I'm not going to give you extra work to do um, during that break. So it's good to hear that the semester ended um, when the, uh, when the break began and, and the last, I think it was the last year, maybe the last two years, um, the district I worked in decided to switch it to that for that exact same reason. Um, so I'm glad to hear that. Um, what, what do you hear that other schools do it that same way that, that, the the break ends the semester, or do you also hear that some of these schools have to, you know, kind of play that catch up game, um, up until like the middle of January. The first district I worked in, I worked for them for 13 years. And for the first 11, we would start school 
last week of August and the way the calendar fell, we would go into winter break for the two weeks and then we'd come back and then we would have a week or two of regular schedule and then the week of finals. And you're right. That was frustrating because it, it did. It felt like you you spent that first week just getting back into the routine. The second week was review of everything and then you went into finals. You, you didn't really feel like you could really do a whole heck of a lot to get going with some brand new stuff at that point. And then as a U.S. history teacher for a lot of those years, I, I couldn't afford to not teach new stuff, though, because there were so many you had so little time to cover so many different things in order to make sure that the standards that were required during that semester were being hit and they were being prepared for the exams that were um, that were going to be given. Um, then it was the second to last year I was in that district was when they shifted the calendar where instead of going back to school the last week of August, then we were going back like middle of August instead. So that balanced the calendar out to where the semester would end right then at winter break. And then the, the current district I'm in, that's the schedule as well. And in fact, we start, we start about a week after my old district. We still have a, a week of summer break. Uh, so my old district, they're they're already going for a week when we start. But again, but the way our calendar works out, I'm not sure exactly why it works out this way. I don't know if we have less days off for different things or what the deal is. But we end our semester there right at winter break. So again, when I go back tomorrow, or when you're listening to this, you might be listening on that Monday. When we I go back today, then that it's going to be a brand new semester. And you know, there's pluses and minuses to both, right? I mean, and. And, you know, for the longest time, I was always saying, oh, we have to end at break. Why can't we switch to end at break? Why can't we end at break? And then the first year we ended at break, everybody was up in arms because the parents were taking their kids out a week before break to go on an early vacation. And so they were missing all their finals. And so they were upset that their kids missed all the finals. So they we, they ended up taking the finals after break anyways. Um, so I, you know, couldn't get grades finalized until all those kids came back. Well, and then so the that other was thing, thing, yeah, the other thing is that a lot of them were up in arms because now you got to have your grades done before you go on winter break. Yep. So the, and, my and, current district, that's the way you had to have your grades done by two thirty that Friday before break. So I'm sure there's, you know, going to be a couple of days window when we get back starting here where if you got to make any corrections you can do so but we were expected to have everything in and good to go before we left for our winter break yep yeah and 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 students as well right uh, in 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 the in my old district when we didn't end at at winter break and we had those three weeks left over you know the, the kids that were you know needed to play catch up or had fallen behind were given an opportunity to do uh, makeup work or turn in missing or late assignments and you know that kind of went away and and so some of those kids struggled um to kind of you know to, to kind of get that work done before the break happened so there's always pluses and minuses with it uh but for me i i love when it ends at that semester so that you do come in and, and you're starting off with new material and you're starting off fresh and and kyle i do have one question for you since you are starting tomorrow or if our listeners are listening to this on monday starting today are you just hitting the ground running with students or are you having a, is there a pd day that your teachers get to go to to kind of kind of um, kind of fall back into a routine of waking up and getting to your class. 
So how, how does it work with, with your, your district? Is it school starts, kids are there, you better be ready, or do you have that day of PD to kind of get back into the swing of things? No, we're going right in. Kids are there regular time and uh, full full day of school tomorrow. And in fact, I even have a two-hour training that I have to go to after work um, for my PLC lead. Uh, so it was one of those deals when we were scheduling out our PLC lead trainings uh, with each other, figuring out um, when is everybody available, we had to do one on the first day back, uh, much to the chagrin of everybody, but we have to be prepared for the following Monday when we have our first um, early out day where we have our PLC meetings for an hour and a half. And the whole idea behind this training tomorrow is to get prepared for that PLC uh, next week um, if you're listening to this uh, relatively currently. So no, so tomorrow it's going to be a relatively full day. I'll be in at seven o'clock and then I won't be done until five on the first day back. So I can imagine I'm going to be going to bed quite early on that first day back. <laughs> so, so knowing that you have to hit the ground running, you got kids, you have to be ready. You got to be prepared. What are you doing right now? Or uh, these past couple of days, what are you doing to kind of game plan to put your game face back on to get out of that vacation mode and get back into momentum mode what are you doing uh, like mentally physically um to to really like say you know what i sharpened my skills my brain is ready to go even though the kids may come in with a little bit of mush I, i'm gonna figure out these ways to get them back sharpen them ready and let them know that hey we're not gonna take a week to get back we're gonna get back into the swing of things what are your plans how or what are your um you know recommendations to other teachers listening to this maybe they're listening to this on their commute to school going man i'm still tired or i i don't know what's going to go on today what, what are your um, your thoughts on that for, for them and for yourself? Well, my first thing is, regardless if, if I'm tired or not, in a few hours, we are recording this on Sunday afternoon, like 3.30 in the afternoon. My plan is in about five hours, I'm going to be in bed. Okay, does that mean I'm going to be falling asleep right away? Probably not, especially because I've uh, gotten into that habit of staying up till 11 or 12 for these last couple of weeks and then uh, there was even a couple days. I slept till 10 one day. I couldn't believe it. Oh. But but in <laughs> fairness, I was up till like 2 o'clock in the morning the night before. So it wasn't like I went to bed at 9 and then slept 13 hours or something. So I'm going to be in bed, make sure I'm in bed relatively early tonight and try my darndest to go to sleep. And then tomorrow, I'm going to set my alarm for about 15 minutes earlier than what I typically do. I typically set my alarm for 530 and that gives me the time to get up, uh, get ready, and then make my about 40-minute commute out to school. Uh, I'm going to do it about 15 minutes earlier. That way I can take my time getting ready in the morning, um, make sure that the coffee is set and, and good to go. And then um, because I haven't had to drive now for the last couple of weeks, I'm not sure what traffic's going to be like, especially because it's the first day back for all the schools in the area. So mm. you know, traffic gets a lot lighter when school is not in session. If I don't oh, know yeah. if you notice that around where you live at, so um, but so who knows what traffic's going to be like? I don't anticipate any weather, and I don't see any weather on the horizon. But if all of a sudden some weather blows in overnight or whatever, that could uh, have an effect on that commute as well. And then getting into work a, just a little bit earlier, okay? It's just it's going to give me that time to settle in. I'll get into my office and just really truly figure out what needs to happen on that day back. And then I know I've got some different meetings that I need to schedule coming up, go to my calendar and make sure that 
uh, I've got those on my calendar and I'm getting prepared for those and then looking to see exactly what we need to do over this first couple of days and into the first week or so of where we need to be at with our curriculum and again because it's new classes uh, preparing those classes with the expectations that we're going to have with them and really what's what we're going to be going over for the remainder of the school year and just really just it, it's almost like the first day of school all over again um, except it's just been after a couple of weeks rather than a couple of months like you normally have with the summer no you know ab- absolutely i mean it, it, and you know like i said you know the 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 idea of coming back is not only getting yourself as the educator prepared not only getting the campus ready and and firing on all cylinders again but getting the kids there because you you know that they were staying up all all night uh, for their entirety of the break probably playing Fortnite or league of legends or rocket league throughout the entirety of their break and so they're going to come in sluggish and and tired and it kind of reminded me um when um i i took my daughter ellery to daycare uh for the first time on january 2nd after the long break that we had her away before christmas Um, i dropped her off on that day and every single toddler in that room was crying and cranky and they're like yeah it's rough coming back from that week off and I go, this reminds me of my eighth grade classroom on that first day back with all the kids just groggy and and tired and 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 you know, a lot of them absent or coming in late. And and so, you know, I had to remind myself that it takes time and effort to gain momentum. Okay. So like you, you can't go full throttle the moment they walk in because they're not going to be able to catch up. They're not going to be ready to go. And so you have to gain momentum to keep momentum. And so um, I heard a while ago about this thing called the three principles of momentum. Now, I'm not talking about, you know, you know, velocity, or I'm not talking about, you know, the product of mass and velocity for momentum. I'm talking about getting people back up to speed from a long hiatus. And this is this is what it says for three principles of momentum. Always think about the new things you can try to better yourself. Think about some new things you didn't do before the break. Think of some new things that you can try during this first week because you know your kids are going to be a little bit sluggish to get off. It's a great time to try something new. So that's one thing. What is something new this week you can try that you've never tried before? So that's one of those principles of, of momentum. Number two, um, what have you improved on from that first week of school to the right before break? Think about what you've done to improve something and be proud of that because it takes to, to gain momentum. You have to have, you have to look at the past and see what you've done to really gain that energy and that oomph back. Like, ah, I did that. I'm happy with myself. So what did you improve that bettered your teaching? What did you improve that bettered the experience for your students? And then the very last thing is look at what can you improve or continue improving to better your classroom and to better the experience. So those are the things, those three principles of momentum. What Something new you can try. What did you improve on before that worked? And what can you do to improve something existing to make the experience 
that much better. And every time I started a new semester or came back from a long hiatus, whether it's summer or winter break, I always asked myself that the day before I came back. And in fact, um, when I always came back that first Monday, we always had a, a, a PD day or PLC day. So no students, only only teachers, administrators on campus. And I would, I would, you know, encourage my fellow um, department uh, members to, to follow these three principles, you know, just to kind of get back on track and, and gain that confidence back or, or gain that self-esteem to gain that momentum. And then I started actually doing this as an activity for my students on that first day as kind of a reflection piece for my kids. So we didn't do anything new that first day back. We sat back and reflected. And, and I said, you know what? We had goals that we set at the beginning of the school year. Did you meet those goals? Did you improve on any of those goals? What do you still need to improve to reach those goals? What are some new goals you want to set if you've already achieved some goals that you set? What are some new goals you can set and how can you reach those? And we just really had a thought process all the way through. And I, I reminded my students, look, that first semester is over. The grade book is closed. You're starting back off at 100%. If you didn't do so well that first semester, don't let that first semester dictate how you do this semester. Don't say, I got a D the first semester, so uh, you know I might as well just throw my hands in the air as if I don't care. It's a brand new semester. Think of it as a brand new year. What can you do to improve yourself? And if you got a D, what can you do to get a C? I'm not telling you to get an A. I'm telling you, what can you do to improve yourself to a C? And then hopefully next year you can go through those three principles of momentum again and go from a C to a B and then a B to an A, slowly gaining that confidence that you can do it. So I would love to hear your thoughts on that because that's that really changed my growth as an educator to always go back and ask myself those questions of new, improved, and improving, and then pass those on to my students. I think one of the biggest key things that you hit on during that whole thing was about not doing anything new on that first day back. So you already mentioned that kids are going to be sluggish uh, from being off. And you, as an educator, are most likely going to be sluggish as well. So rather than trying to grind through it and putting out a whole bunch of brand new stuff and hitting the ground running, okay, that where you're just going to leave a lot of them in the dust, start out that reflection pieces. Uh, that's a great thing right there. I always looked at it as a day to kind of ease us back in uh, to the grind once again, versus just hitting the ground running. So it, I may have introduced some new stuff in the past, but it was something relative, like the activities were relatively low key, just something really quick, really simple, not in, not too taxing on the brain on that first day back, just something to kind of introduce where we're going to be at. So for example, I know this semester in world history, we're starting out with World War One. So my idea is that in that first day back, we're probably going to introduce the key vocabulary for World War One for this new unit we're doing on. But is it's not going to be a you know you know sit back and we're going to go over all these things in great detail and just pound it into your head. 
I'm going to do something pretty low-key with it. Probably going to throw quizzes, edgy protocol at them a little bit to get things going with a little bit, turn the brains back on again. Um, they're, they're, they already know the routine on that, so it's not. I don't have to teach the routine of what that edgy protocol is, You know, getting logged into quizzes and all that good stuff. Just going to go into it, have a little bit of fun with it, and then do a little bit of reflecting. Like you said, um, I, I know there's a lot of great tools out there to, that you can use for that reflection piece. So you could you could pose it as a question in Google Classroom to where the students write just a short little reflection piece um, in response to the question that's in Google Classroom. You can use Flipgrid and have them do a quick video to reflect on the last semester, anything that they're looking forward to for this semester. So there's so many great things that you can do where you can still be productive. It's not a free day, but at the same time though, there's no point in trying to cram in as much as you can that first day, knowing that you're going to lose 80% of them within the first five minutes. No, absolutely. That's why, that's why I said, you know, the very first day back was always that reflective day. And it was also me, you know, kind of giving that encouraging talk. And, 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 and the reason that I, that I would always do that is because I have, you know, I had eighth graders, you know, I taught eighth grade science and this is their last semester. I, I don't want to say as a child, but they're going to a giant campus the very next year. They're going to a campus with two-story buildings and multiple buildings with multiple teachers, with with um with adults, right? Some of these kids on this campus, the seniors, some of them are 18 years old, right? So you're going to this brand new campus and it could be daunting. And so I remind my students, you know, make sure you're making the most out of your time here at Alta Sierra. Make sure you're making the most out of your time as a student here because when once you get to high school, life kind of smacks you in the face a little bit. Like college is just around the corner, your career is just around the corner. I mean, because I mean, back in the day when when we were younger, you know, we could still kind of you know go like you know what we can wait till we're sophomores or juniors before we think about that. But because there's so much competition now for colleges and there's so much competition in the job market, the kids really have to start earlier and earlier. So I always encourage them. I go, look, you have six months left. We're almost out of here. Start focusing on, on, on ways to better yourself as a, as a better student, as a better friend, as a better family member, as a better citizen. Let's figure out ways to just get all these things together. And, 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 and I, I tell them to start focusing on their studies as well. Like, you don't, you don't want to take in bad habits to high school. Because you can easily start falling behind in high school in that fashion. So, you know, I just encourage them to say, you know what, your past doesn't dictate your future. You know, all you have to do is have a strategy. Um, and, I, and I always say this, and I tell this to teachers as well, hope is not a strategy. I hope I do good in high school. No, 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 no. We're going to prepare you to do good in high school. You can't just hope. Just like I always tell teachers, you can't hope the kids are going to do well. We have to figure out ways to ensure they're going to do well. And so that's, you know, that's what I would always do on the first day. But then I would kind of start doing some Mr. Miyagi activities for the kids. And and for those of you who have never heard me use the term Mr. Miyagi, it's very, very similar to John Carippo's Edge of Protocols. Um, it's Mr. miyagi is giving them an activity that's fun, that has nothing to do with content, uh, but it's training them how to use a new tool. And just telling them, hey, have fun with this. And one of the tools that we would use would be something like um, uh, the Google Tour Creator. 
And I'd say, you know what? Uh, create a tour of the places you went over break. It doesn't have to be a vacation. Create a tour of the different, uh, you know, restaurants you went to or the different amusement parks you went to or grandma's house or cousin's house. Create a tour and just kind of tell me a story of how your vacation went. Um, and I tell them, I hope the whole tour is not just of your bedroom playing video games. I hope you got out and actually did stuff. And then um, as time would go on, uh, maybe a month later, we would do an actual tour uh, with content. And I'd say, remember the tour we did for fun? You know how to use all the tools because we used them. Let's make one. And so you kind of Mr. Miyagi them, you know, like, you know, paint the fence. Oh, now fight, right? Paint the fence. So um, that seems to work to get them like learning these new tools that that particular week. So that's one thing I would do with them. Um, another thing I would do is, is maybe something a little off the wall, maybe a recap of something we did. So one thing that I would have them do is um, there's a great little company um, called Quiver. Or, or the app would be called Quiver Vision, and it's a little AR, augmented reality company. Um, and if and if you have a, any iPhone or any Android phone, the uh, the icon is a butterfly, and there's a target a page uh, that's a flag, and so we would create a flag for one of their favorite elements. I'd I'd tell them, okay, we did an element report during the first semester. Um, and I want you to to take everything you learned about your element and create a flag for your element and, and and all i want is symbols and images you don't have to do any writing and so we would come in and just kind of rejog their memory of what they've done and kind of get the juices flowing and then they would showcase their flag so we would do those things as well um, nice little easy to do things um some other cool things is you know once again straight off of of of, of uh uh, John's Edu Protocol uh, activities. Uh, he has a great uh, website, eduprotocols.com, and the Cyber Sandwich is a great activity. He has the templates right on there to have the kids really start a discussion and and utilize technology to showcase their knowledge. Um, or one of my favorites, and this can be done at any time, is the the Iron Chef um, activity where you give them. Um, a slide deck and they have to fix it and make it better. So those, these are some things that you can just get the kids back into the swing of school because uh, Kyle, I think you said it right on. If you go straight into the content and I know, I know that time is of the essence and school year is winding down and you're, you know, you, you probably already have this planned out and everything, but trust me, slow and steady wins the race, get them back into it, back into the feeling of school Make them want to be there, and then you know we can start you know ratcheting it up. Um, so I, these are the activities that I love to do that first week back, just to get them started. What are some activities, Kyle, that you would do uh, this first week after the first day where nothing new happens because you're you're reflecting those last four days of the week or the last three days of the week? What would you start doing to kind of just get them back into the swing of things? To say like, hey, school's starting now. We're going to start doing group activities, communication activities to really get those juices flowing. What are the things that you do? Well, a lot of the similar stuff that you were talking about there about um, with um, things like the Iron Chef, which uh, the classes that I had last semester, we did that a handful of times. And so there's not a lot of training that goes into it, but it, it wouldn't hurt to just kind of review just go into detail about those different things 
before going into the activity again. So again, it's not that long summer break where you basically got to retrain students all over again from scratch, especially because you've never had those students before, but it doesn't hurt just all the procedures and all the things that you're going to do, whether it's something that you've done a hundred times beforehand, or if it's the first time you're doing something, just going over the procedures and going into the expectations and really detailing that and and hammering that down, that's going to really, it's going to get you going a lot better than if you just, oh, hey, here's your Iron Chef activity, go, you know what to do. Where if you just spend five minutes just before you go into it, just easing students back into it so they know the expectations. So, and then being consistent with your expectations. So if you're, if you're telling students that this is what needs to be happening at this time, not being a pest by any means, but at the same time, just really hammer away at those expectations. Because if you're not, if you're not going to do those things, it's going to make the semester that much harder. So you just, you really got to get going on those expectations right off the bat again. So, and if, um, if it's something that you struggled with last semester, Real, again, reiterating the things that you expect and the procedures all over again. And just if it takes you the whole first week to do the reiteration of the, the expectations procedures again, then so be it. So if it's going to be something that's going to prepare you that much better for the rest of the semester, take the time out to do it. If after a day or so, it seems to be going okay and everything seems to be copacetic, then start going into your content, get into your curriculum. And so it really depends on your class. So, and right now I would love to say that I have plans for all these different activities I'm going to do this week, but I I just don't know, especially because I got two brand new classes. I don't know how much I'm going to have to do on expectations and procedures, or if I'm going to be able to just say, this is what we're going to do. And then 10 minutes later, everybody's good to go. And we just start hammering away on our content. So it just, it really depends. And, you know, for listener, anybody listening out there, it, it depends on what you have for students and what you have for classes. So we could tell you all day long some of these great things that we, we're doing and that we're planning on doing, but it's really up to you and the students that you have. So you really got to evaluate what you've got in order to make the decisions on what your first day is going to look like, what that first week's going to look like to set it up the rest of the semester for success. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And, and, you know, Another thing that I would absolutely say, once again, because we're talking about kids and getting them ready and 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 creating a, a classroom for success, um, but you know, making sure that teachers are taking care of their mental self as well. I know a lot of teachers um, create edulutions, and we we talked about this on our last episode. You know, they they have plans for what they want to do this year and how are they going to better themselves. And then they have personal resolutions. I want to, you know, do better with um, exercise. I want to do better connecting with my family or my friends. So to keep your momentum, to keep up your spirits, you have to make sure that you're reflecting on are you are you doing what you promised yourself that you're going to do? I, I, I remember, you know, my, what I would always do. And, and, and I even I even made these resolutions again this year. Um, wake up earlier. And do some exercise. And, and that, I don't mean go run a marathon, but I mean, like, you know what? I'm going to make sure every single day I get up 530, 6 o'clock, and I'm going to walk my dog for 20, 25 minutes. 
I'm going to do, I'm going to get out of the house. I'm going to get some oxygen. I'm going to revitalize myself or I'm going to jump on the treadmill for 30, 45 minutes. And, and Hey, if you guys do that, you could be listening to the sons of technology podcast while you do it. It'll help you really pass that time. I mean, if, I mean, if, if uh, history uh, means anything, we run about an hour anyways, that could be your one hour of exercise right off the bat anyways. But it's incredibly important that we get that blood rushing through our bodies because a healthy and happy you is, I mean, it changes the way that you act in the classroom. I mean, a, a sluggish teacher, the kids see that and they seize upon it. And I also want to implore you, get out of your classroom when you get a chance. And, and I know, I mean, for me, I struggled with it all the time because I would have kiddos coming in asking for help or wanting to chat with me or this or that. And, and, and so I would never take a lunch. I would never talk with adults, but I employ you, you know, go to the, to the lunch hall or the staff hall and have lunch with some of your educators and just talk to them, you know, really get out of your cave and, 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 and Open yourself up to conversation with adults to really kind of fill that bucket so that you can really finish out the year on a, on a high note um, with your staff as well. Um, because I'll tell you, there's nothing worse than going to the end of the year staff party and realizing you don't know half of the staff you've been working with for seven years, eight years, nine years, right? I mean – these are people that you're spending more, almost more time with than your family, and you don't even know their names. Well, you know their last name because it's on their door. You can't remember their first name. Uh, so, you know, I, to really, you know, gain momentum for your campus, you really have to strive to un understand who you have on campus. And so get out of your class, and, 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 and maybe it's just every Friday. Hey, every Friday, I promise I'm going to leave my room, I'm going to go to the staff lounge, and I'm going to have lunch with the staff. And I'm going to sit with a new teacher, and I'm going to chat with them, and I'm going to talk with them. Because, you know, for myself, I started doing that a little bit out of selfish reasons. I wanted, I wanted people to, to not see me as the weird tech guy. I wanted them to see me as a personable person that I, I can talk about more than technology and I can talk about pedagogy or I can talk about my life. And, 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 and that really helped the staff know me as a person, trust me as an individual, and then be willing to come in and ask me for help as a friend. And so I really encourage us to keep that momentum up by connecting with our staff. Uh, that really made going to work that much more meaningful to me because um, I was going to work with family at that point, not just individuals that I saw passing through the hallway. Um, what about you, Kyle? What are some things personally uh, you can do to really enlighten yourself or, 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 or uh, keep up the momentum in your personal life that will bleed over into your professional classroom life? Right now, uh, begin beginning of the year is you're seeing a lot of the the one word 2020 stuff floating around social media and stuff, and and I've participated that on that in the past, and this year I I didn't tell myself I'm not going to do it, but I haven't thought of anything in regards to one word at this point because the problem I had in the past was it was something I always said that I would do at the beginning of the year. This is my one word, blah blah blah, but then I would never revisit it. So. Rather than putting that kind of pressure on myself, I, I really just haven't put much thought into something like that. And then I'm also not one that really sets resolutions because to me, resolutions can be easily discarded, whereas a goal is something that 
is some you you tend to stick with a goal a little bit more. But even then, though, there's different goals I've set for myself in the past where I haven't I have not met them. Whether it was something that was uh, entirely too ambitious or it was something that I didn't really I, I wasn't invested in it from the start or whatever it was. And uh, but this year I I do one of the big things I did want to set for myself was to be more active. So I've been making a lot of excuses in the last couple of years about not being active, whether it's because, oh, my knee hurts. After I ran a half marathon a couple of years ago, I developed tendonitis really bad in one of my knees, and I haven't really done much running since. And right now, I'm not in the shape to go out and really get into running again, but I would like to. And I have a really nice bike that uh, I would like to be able to use a little bit more often. And um, I what, what I decided to do Instead of saying, like, I'm going to lose X amount of weight this year, I'm going to exercise X amount of times a week or whatever, I'm going to start small. I've been investigating where I could get a gym membership. I haven't had one since I moved to northern Nevada. I had one for really the entire time I lived in Las Vegas, and I used it. Sometimes I would use it seven days a week. Sometimes I wouldn't go for three months. Um, but uh, it's something that I've been making a lot of excuses last couple of years as to why I can't get a gym membership. Why I can't do this? Why I can't do that? And I told myself, start small, just look around, and then get a gym membership. So I started doing some looking, and one of the things I really enjoy at the gym are spin classes, the uh, stationary cycle classes. And that was one of my deal breaker ones, where whatever gym that I was going to sign up for, it, they had to have spin classes, and they had to have them at a time that I could go. You know, so, you know, a lot of, a lot of places will have different classes during the day, like 11, 12, 1 o'clock in the afternoon, whatever it may be. That's not times I can go. So I had to make sure that if there was going to be spin classes, that was going to be something that I was going to be able to go to. So I'm still looking for a gym at this point and I've narrowed it down to a couple and the one has a five day trial period where you can go check it out. So I'm going to try in the next couple of days to set aside some time to go check the place out, give it a chance over the for a few days, and then make a decision whether or not I'm going to commit to a one-year membership at that gym. So no, no goals on how many times I'm going to go a week, no goals on um, improving you know weightlifting skills. I mean, a, few, a couple of years ago, I was actually probably in the best physical shape of my life in regards to weightlifting. I was actually bench pressing more than I benched when I was playing football in college at one point, which was pretty incredible as a 36-year-old. So I don't have any goals for that. I don't have any goals to go out and start running 5Ks, 10Ks, half marathons, or, you know, doing like mini Ironmans or anything like that. My, I'm, I'm chunking this one out. So once I get in the gym and I start getting going again, that's when I'll set my first goal. Okay. Once I set that first goal, I can work towards that goal. Then I can set a new one. So biggest problem with resolutions and goals for a lot of people is that they are overly ambitious. And if you don't see the progress on those goals immediately, they're easy to just ditch and, and push to the side. So I'm, tr- I'm trying to set myself up for success by chunking this goal out, by having first join the gym, then you can go from there. So, and I know as a person that did a lot of working out in college um, in the early morning, how great I felt for the rest of the day afterwards. 
And yes. same thing with in in the stints I've had in the last you know 10, 15 years where when I wake up in the morning and go get a workout in before work, I feel incredible the rest of the day. So I I can have my coffee before I work out, get it in, and then I'm good to go for the rest of the day, the day at the point that point. And I sleep better at night as a result of that. So I just feel like if I can get this thing going once again, it's just going to make me that much of a better educator because I'm not going to be groggy. I'm not going to be sluggish. I'm going to be more energized. So I'm going to be in a better mood. Not that I'm in a bad mood all the time or anything, but I can, I, I can almost guarantee that sometimes when I'm in a bad mood, it's because I'm just not exercising like I should. So I'm really looking forward to getting that going again. And again, not worrying about a weight loss goal or a fitness goal at this point, just getting it going and then making those goals later on down the road. All right, Kyle, the, all of those that you just said, that's great for personal goals and but also for education goals, right? You, you never want to over um, overburden yourself with things that you think you have to do or have to learn or put over, put over goal yourself because then you, if you don't hit all those goals, you feel bad, right? You always want to start off slow, like slow and steady wins the race. And we always, you know, have those conversations with teachers after we present somewhere. You know, they would come up to us and they'd say, you're doing so much, you know, so much. I could never do all that. And our response all the time is you have to start slow, start somewhere, find one thing that we showcased for you that you, you resonate with and you think your students would resonate with and then learn that and get good at it and then try something else after that. Right. So you don't have to do that. And that's, that, that's a way to gain momentum. And, and let me tell you what I mean. And I'm going to get a little bit sciencey here on you, Kyle. Because momentum is defined as a product of mass and velocity. And what that means is this. The more mass that you have, the harder it is to gain momentum. So that means there's a couple things you can do. You can either get stronger uh, to overcome that mass, or you can lose some of that mass. And what that means is, are there any burdens that you've taken on or any activities you've taken on that you can shed? Or are there, are there anything that you, you're doing for your department and you feel like you're doing all of it on your own that you can divvy out to the rest of your team? If you can do that, if you can release some of that mass, it'll be easier to build up momentum. So that's one thing. Think of that. What can you do to shed some of that mass, some of that burden, and really create a team atmosphere where everybody uh, can carry that burden, right? Many hands make light work. So that's one. Number two is velocity. And once again, I'm going to get a little bit sciencey on you because velocity is a component of speed and direction. Speed and direction. And so direction for me is defined as where do I want my kids to go? I want them to continue moving forward. I want them to continue to learn and grow. So that's my direction. But speed has to do with fuel. Like what, what can I do to gain that speed? And speed is incredibly important. And to me, Speed and energy is what makes the difference. And what that is, is connecting with our fellow educators, divvying up the work, gaining that momentum to, uh, by connecting and getting out of our cave and understanding we're not doing this alone. And if we can lower the burden, if we can keep our speed up, keep our fuel up, keep our energy up through the entirety of the year, then we know the direction that our kids are going to go and we will continue our momentum throughout the year. So 
in, in you know in, in closing kyle i basically just want to i just want people to know you know we can we can work extremely hard to, to get to the direction that we want but the hardest part is keeping it because sometimes when we reach that point where we think we're doing well we get our take our foot off the gas and that's when we start losing momentum what can we accelerator throughout the rest of the year to truly be meaningful educators, to truly make that difference, to truly keep the momentum up for ourselves, for our staff, for our community, and for our students we need to do. And that's how we need to reflect upon this. And that is what I want you to think about as you start the school year. Because I envy you, Kyle. You get to be in the classroom with these kids. You get to be boots on the ground, the ed tech army in the class with these kids changing their lives right in front of them. I envy you for that because I miss it. And uh, I just implore each and every one of you out there. I'm going to circle back to what we said at the beginning of this episode. I implore each and every one of you, please do not look at this to, uh, as the halfway mark to the end. Look at this as the beginning of a chance to finalize your mark on these kids. Look at this as the beginning of a chance to make that difference and the reason you became an educator to change lives. Look at it as the opportunity, the beginning again, to truly be that teacher you've always wanted to be and to truly be that mentor the kids deserve. That is how we should start this year. That is how we keep up our momentum. That is how we keep up our self-worth. And that is how we remind ourselves why we truly matter, and why teachers are the most important people in the history of the world. And Kyle, I want to once again say thank you to you uh, for sticking to our guns and helping us stick to our guns for these podcasts. And we're starting off great this beginning of the year. These always help me keep my momentum up every single time we get to chat together. And, and listeners, I hope by you listening to us, hopefully we help um, help you with the momentum throughout the rest of your week. And um, we, once again, we love to hear from you. Uh, we love to hear from you through our Twitter channels. We would love to hear through you um, from our face, uh, our, our Flipgrid uh, grid and telling us how you're going to be a member of the EdTech Army. Um, and, and we just love to see, um, you know, maybe some of the things we've talked about, how you're, uh, how it's impacted you as, a, as an educator uh, and, and also what you would like to hear about in this upcoming year because the Sons of Technology are here for you. Um, but we just wanted to say thank you so much for making this such a meaningful podcast for each and every one of us and, and, and thank you for listening and thank you for being who you are, taking risks, and always, always, always changing the world. So Kyle, I want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. Listeners, I want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart and you know, I just want to say start this 2020 off right, start this 2020 off meaningfully, and let's keep going because the world deserves your voice and our kids deserve uh, a chance to be the best that they can. So thank you so much, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, keep on taking risks, keep on innovating, and keep on being a teacher. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next time.